It's Cofield and Company. 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 Low snap. Now Prescott throws. That's going to be caught in the end zone by Amari Cooper. Touchdown. Here they come. After Brady throws. Caught. Gronkowski in the end zone. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. At the age of 44, Brady steps up, avoids the rush. Throws. Caught. Touchdown, Antonio Brown. You know, you talk about pocket presence and feeling, obviously, he's got everything. You can feel it coming in from the side, steps up, finds the open spot, bingo. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. It is Friday, Cofield and Company, last hour of the week. Oh, missed extra point. We're, we got Kansas playing pretty well, trying to get an upset over Coastal Carolina. Almost a four-touchdown dog. They missed the extra point, though. That's not going to help. Keep you updated on that game and everything else going around, going on around the sports world as we get ready for the weekend and the first week of NFL football. We got more predictions on the way, including our Super Bowl champion and a couple of award winners as well. But let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. So... I, I've, I've looked over this, but this is a, uh, a story that I know you saw. Mm-hmm. The, I believe the name of the law, the Star-Spangled Banner Protection Act, uh, in the legislature in Texas look like, looks like it could pass. <sighs> Trying to make a law out of playing the national anthem? Is that what we're doing now? It looks like it. Um, Texas law that... Uh, it, it requires any Texas professional sports team, is that is that right, that receives state funding to play the national anthem during games. So I'm not right. sure if that eliminates. Well, know. that's so that's that's the confusing part of this to me. And, and I'll, I'll no, obviously there's more to the story and more to develop. But the the law states, and of course, I mean, you couldn't. I I don't know how you would be able to legislate a private business and what they do. Uh, but yeah, the law says anybody that receives state funding, but the entire story is about the Mavericks. Because, of course, this this law was proposed and has worked its way uh, through the process because the Mavericks stopped playing the national anthem at games, which, by the way, one million percent the right decision. I just don't understand. I mean, how where do they come to the conclusion? Texas professional sports team that receives state. What professional sports team receives State funding. I mean, they're not receiving state funds. They're not receiving government assistance. You know, there's a couple of pro teams that are publicly traded, right? I mean, in, in just in, in a, out of the four big ones, I think, right? They aren't the Cubs publicly traded stock, if I'm not mistaken. But I, the thing is, is, you know, I was at the Arizona BYU game at Allegiant, and they didn't come out. They were The teams were not on the field. So I mean, there's good. What 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 are you trying to get at? What are you going? I mean, I get it since the Mavericks stopped playing, but the point is, is that okay? So if you do that, so what are you going to do? Force everybody to attend? Force everyone to stand up? Force? I mean, I, just play I, it. I mean, also, I mean, you're you're almost challenging somebody to. to I would love anybody to explain, defend playing the national anthem at a sporting event. Try to. 
try to defend just it. because it's always been done all okay. of a sudden and that's it and that's it that's and that's completely it yeah it has zero place there yeah. stop doing it it's forced it all it does and again I, I I'm not opposed to patriotism I'm not opposed to loving the country I do all those things right you know what is not right forcing that on people right you're there again if when I love when people talk about I'm not there to watch these guys protest the anthem. I'm not there to watch the national anthem. Exactly. You know how you don't have people protest the anthem? Don't play it. And and uh, it's also, I mean, there's a, we could do the entire hour on this because it infuriated me. One of the things that really infuriated me during the whole, you know, players protesting and, and people getting mad about it is that there was days where they wouldn't play. They, if you remember in the network and they don't do it at all now, they stopped, they stopped showing it. Right. So, okay, we're not going to fire people up on either side. We're just not going to show it anymore. And they would come back from commercial, go into the game, and they would say, oh, by the way, during the anthem, uh, player A, player B, and player C uh, decided to protest and, and left. And then people would be outraged. You didn't even know it happened. Right. You it, had no idea that it happened. Well, and if you're not, if you've chosen not to show it, for that specific reason, to avoid conflict on both sides, then why even report who knelt or who protested? Why why even bring it up? If you're not going to show it in the first place, for that reason, you're creating controversy by bringing it up. Of course. Well, and, and, and you know what? People did want to know, and that's fine. My, my bigger problem was not even reporting it. It's, reporting it is not the problem to me. That, I mean, it's kind of your job. You observed it, you said it, and people are interested in it, so do it. It's getting mad about it. Why are you getting mad when you didn't know that it even happened until somebody told you that it happened? It did not, literally did not affect you one bit. It literally had no impact. You didn't know that it happened, but somebody told you that it happened, and now you're mad. That's the problem. Reporting it isn't the problem to me. I mean, you're right. Like, why not? Why don't you show it to avoid it and then talk about it? It doesn't make any sense. But, hey, once you do report it, if you got mad because somebody told you that, you are disgusting. Find something better to do with your life than get mad at what somebody told you something happened. Stop it. Number four. <laughs> I don't know why I was so mad about it. I'm protesting that shit. I'm mad at myself. That, that number. Protest number five. <laughs> so Cam, Cam Newton decided to put out a video um, kind of explaining his side of some things that happened and, uh, you know, getting cut by the Patriots and, and how the entire situation went down. And, of course, you know, I, I believe the biggest reason he was released is because he's not vaccinated. You cannot have a backup quarterback. It's one thing to have your starting quarterback not vaccinated. Literally the only job of the backup quarterback is to be available. It's the only job. And if you're going to put yourself in a position of not being available, you can't be the backup quarterback. Sorry. Yes. It just can't happen. Yep. So – that's why I believe he was released. He believes other things. He's He said quite a bit uh, in this video. Uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me is the other point that I had thought about and that, that I had discussed, and not just me, a lot of people, but the fact that once he didn't have the job, it wasn't going to be fair to a rookie quarterback to have his backup be a former MVP. You like You can't develop a quarterback with somebody always looking over their shoulder like, oh, the former MVP is on the bench. Maybe he'll come in at some point. Like, it's not good for the development. So Cam believes that that was the biggest issue. I think that was second to not being vaccinated. But he did talk about that uh, in this video. I just think 
what what are you what are you trying to accomplish by putting out this video i i, I appreciate it because i you know i i you know i listen to what he had to say yeah and i i'm always interested in, in athletes and their perspective and what they have to say but i don't know what you're trying to accomplish by putting this out and only becoming more of a potential distraction the team's trying to bring you in well that then that's just it right there is if if you were going to be a distraction to him regardless of him being a rookie possibly looking over his shoulder wouldn't you be a distraction to anyone if they bring you in as a backup who took a team to a Super Bowl you're a former MVP you sort of are admitting that the because he said his aura right his aura would have been a distraction without being the starting quarterback so if you're looking to be picked up as a backup you're sort of admitting that your aura would be a distraction right but it, it I understand that part of it. I do too. Because but, because, you're, but you're admitting it. No, no, no. But I, I think what because the teams look at the teams that we suggested when he was released, Cowboys. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was the most logical one to me. They need a backup quarterback, and you can go be Dak Prescott's backup because nobody's questioning whether you should be the starter. And and if and if Dak Prescott struggles, nobody's going to be like, well, maybe time to go to Cam Newton. He's going to be fine. If Mac Jones struggles. Then you're like, well, got the MVP on the bench. Go to that guy. So, so there is a difference of who you're backing up in that regard. And I think for what he's saying is, hey, rookie hasn't done anything on the field yet. If he gets off to a slow start, and now you've got him hanging over your shoulder, that is a problem. And I agree with him on that. I don't know if that was the biggest reason that he was released, but I agree with what he's saying there. Right. I, but but to to your point, yeah, I think in, he's he's putting it out there like, hey, I might be a distraction on a team with a questionable starter. But he needs to go back up like a an established guy. Yeah, but I also think that I don't know Cam Newton personally, but I mean we've seen his press conferences, we've seen him affected, right? Um, you know, just uh, storming off here and there. I mean, we've just seen his his as he puts it, his aura. So regardless of who he's backing up, if he feels that he could jump in and do something for a team, and do regardless of who he's backing up. Maybe he, you know, I maybe he could be distracted regardless of who it is. And you know, if if somebody's tanking and he wants to step in, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's being said in the locker room? I mean, you saw that we saw that video of where uh, that they went viral after the after the fact where Mac Jones goes up and to shake his hand and he just gets ignored and he walks off. So I don't know. Number three. So last night there was. A game on television, of course, NFL back, Buccaneers, Cowboys, everybody's watching. By the way, really? You know who the, we talked earlier? Buccaneers won the game. Mm. Cowboys are a winner mm. because, you know, they looked much better than people thought. A lot of the players individually were winners. Uh, we asked who was the loser from last night. Couldn't really come up with one, right? No. I got one for you. The NFL is dead crowd. <laughs> Yeah, that the, NFL, the NFL is dead. Oh, they're go woke, go broke. Nobody's watching the NFL. Look at the ratings. <laughs> the, the NFL is dead. Crowd is the those were the losers last night because my goodness, Quite it was a, game. a great game and it was very very well watched. And the, yeah, there wasn't there. A, I can't remember if I got it on an email or saw it in a tweet, but the uh, I may hear. Uh, Thursday night's 31-29 victory by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Dallas Cowboys averaged approximately 26 million viewers on NBC, Peacock, and NFL's digital platforms. It is a 20% increase 
over last year. Well, then that makes some sense over last year. I mean, it, it was it was it's just the bottom line is a huge, it's not dead. It's a huge number. It's not dead. It's not going anywhere. It's only getting bigger. And by the way, the TV deals were so massive. No, but the the game might have been difficult for Raiders fans. Could have been who had to watch Amari Cooper have a good game, CD Lamb have a good game. Could have been the pick last year. Uh, all of the oh. Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. <laughs> That's a, a lot of big performances by wide receivers who could have or should have been Raiders players. That's that's tough. It's it is, but big but here, and I 100% do not say this to slight Derek Carr in any way, shape, or form. But but you're going to. We are talking about an explosive offense with Tom Brady, the defending champs. And who knows if any one of those three, if not all three, would have the exact same impact or effect with this offense. Yes, it's tough to watch and go, wow, they could have been, should have been, would have been, whatever, were Raiders and aren't. But different chemistry, different team, different makeup, different complexion, nothing, you know, different offensive line. There's a lot of differences there. And there's no telling that, I'm not saying Derek Carr's not capable of it. I just wrote a story about him uh, yesterday. But threading needles like Tom Brady, a little different. Number two. So Raiders injury report, not very substantial. Josh Jacobs with the toe. He is back out on the field. Looks like he's going to be just fine. He's just managing reps more than anything. Uh, Richie Incognito, that is a concern. Looks like John Simpson could be in line uh, to start in his place. We haven't seen Richie Incognito in almost a month out on the practice field. Uh, Roger Teamer doesn't look like he's going to play, but you know, I don't, I don't know that that's going to be a massive impact. I mean, he's played really well in the preseason. I know they like him. The depth is important, but it's not like it's going to be a you know line changing type of absence. Looks like everybody else good to go. On the other side, oh boy. <laughs> just a disaster of injuries. And in fact, that has moved the line a little bit. We did see some reaction to that because running backs don't really matter. But when you lose all of your running backs, yeah. kind of matters. Um, a little bit. And, and in that system, certainly the running game is so is so important. Uh, you know, Justice Hill, gone. J.K. Dobbins, gone. Yesterday, Gus Edwards, gone. Uh, now they're siding like everybody under the sun trying to hope somebody works out. They got Latavius Murray. They got Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they got Devonta Freeman. Uh, Tyson Williams is going to be the uh, the starter in this game. So um, a ton of injuries on that side. But I actually think the Marcus Peters injury is the biggest impact uh, for this game. Cornerback for the Ravens. He's out. Uh, such an important part of what they do. You look at, at their, uh, their numbers against the pass since they acquired him in 2019. It is drastically different from what it was before he was there. He is a massive, massive injury. For this team, so I think that's the one that really impacts this game. And we and we've talked about all training camp is is the the depth and the targets that Derek Carr has to choose from. That was one of the toughest decisions Greg Olson talked about a couple weeks ago. Is when it came down to getting that final fifty three is who they were going to keep. Were they going to keep five? Were they going to keep six receivers? Then you add in Darren Waller, so um, it it's definitely helps the Raiders passing game. Um, Carr put up career numbers last year. Um, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs have looked impressive in training camp. We haven't, you know, got to see them in, in live action. 
Um, as mentioned, Waller's been the number one target. He's going for another 1,000-yard seat. So it definitely enhances that. Um, we've talked on the other side, the, 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 the running back situation, Ravens offense, that much improved, or at least we would think, defense as far as mentality is concerned. Um, Gus Bradley coming in. So I think the injury impact, the injury report that we see right now, it's it's favors the Raiders. Number one. So I believe it was you that posed this question. I did. <laughs> I knew it was you. I was just, just set it up. Sure. Is this the biggest regular season opener for Derek Carr in eight seasons? You just referenced. You wrote a story about Derek Carr. I assume... This was part of that, the question that you tried to answer in this story. Yeah. Um, because, you know, throughout the last six, seven weeks, it's been who's on the hot seat? Who's, is it Mayock? Is it Gruden? Is it anybody on the hot seat? Is it, the, you know, but you look at Derek Carr's win-loss record, and he is the only quarterback from the 2014 draft class that's still with the team that drafted him. He's 47 and 63 or the Raiders are 47-63 when he has started. How many quarterbacks do we know, or not, not personally, but how many have we seen with a record like that and that is still the starter driving the bus? And the belief is there. The trust is in him. Gruden has talked him up the you know all training camp. He's, he's, a, he's been a car backer. Um, so, you know, with, with so many question marks, but yet... Uh, this being a all-or-nothing season, as Gruden put it, I mean, some at some point, there's got to be a little bit of burden falling on the quarterback's shoulders. So when you look back at all the seasons, with everything in place, right? Fans are back in. They've had a full training camp. They had, they've had everything in, in position here. And they had a great start to last season. The defense somewhat failed them down the, down the road, or pretty much failed them down the stretch last year. But... This has to be the biggest regular season opener at home, Monday night. The last time they had a Monday night crowd for an opener was in Oakland in their season finale, uh, their last season up there. Last year, they opened on the road. This one is huge. It's big, and it's a statement-making game. So I believe, yes, it is the biggest regular season opener of Derek Carr's career. Yeah, I think I think all those points are are certainly valid, and and you know we'll see how this plays out. The, the record. Listen, there's arguments you can make uh, really on the other side to say, all right, he went through two rebuilding, two rebuilding projects. You know, first when he when he was first here, uh, then they were where they wanted to be. And then they tore it down and tried to rebuild uh, because they brought John Gruden back and they wanted to kind of rebuild the roster in his image. So it's two separate rebuilding eras. But you're right. Most quarterbacks don't get that chance. We've you know, we've we've seen it recently, you know. Quarterbacks that don't have a great record uh, often just are on a very short leash, and some quarterbacks uh, never get that chance. You know, Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville has been like decent for a couple of years. He's already gone, gone. Like they heard, they drafted a first round pick and traded him. They're like, oh, we're done. Yeah. Um. You've seen other teams, you know, stick with it. You know, Josh Allen was horrific for two years, and then all of a sudden it was great. They stuck with it. Um. And then they and he turned it around. But you know, sometimes you. Uh, you have a short leash. Sometimes you let a guy, you know, stay around and kind of work his way through it. I, I think Derek Carr has didn't even have to work his way through it. He's been good for his entire tenure. He hasn't had a whole lot of help all the time. Uh, but although, like, sometimes all those things don't matter. Sometimes you look and you're like, "Hey, you're good, but 
you know, you didn't have anything around you. Oh, well, record is a record. You're out. They've been very patient in terms of, you know, waiting for the record. And their cars rewarded them with good play. But it is time for the record to show up. Let me pose this to you real quick. Um, with that being said, the, it's been a hot topic. I've been listening to it every morning when I drive to do my early, early cardio. I hear Keyshawn. He's been talking car up for weeks, compared him to Stafford's numbers. This past week, he went on and and with Stephen A. and he was talking about how he belongs in the elite status. If you took Derek Carr and put well, let me, him let me, before we even go on, he said Mahomes, Rogers, Brady. Car. That's the elite tier. <laughs> there was a. I thought there was a, another one, but but yes, that's it. That's that's it. He it's added Russell car. Wilson. Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. He added car. If you and then Stephen A. was like, well, if you take him and drop him into a playoff caliber team, that team would not do what they did with those guys. Do you believe that Carr, with the numbers that he's put up progressively in the last few seasons, that he could perform with that elite status, that elite L level, and if you were to put him on a playoff caliber team? Just above the Raiders, obviously. Could he do the same, if not better? Do I believe it? Yeah. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570 9000. We fought hard. We fought all the way to there in the end. Has a good football team to play. They got us by a field goal right there. We've got to be better situationally. I'm in the red zone. Defense did a great job giving us chances when we uh, didn't convert touchdowns or field goals and giving us the ball right back. Uh, they did an incredible job, and we'll get better because of this one. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. studio. Back here, Cofield and Company. Coastal Carolina, 14-9. Now back ahead of Kansas I you had a little bit of a, a friendly wager on this game, Willie. I did. With our good friend Case Kiefer, uh, a Kansas lum. He, he he said Kansas would keep it closer with Coastal Carolina. I said UTEP will keep it closer with Boise State. I went as far to say that it wouldn't shock me to see UTEP win outright. But wow. uh, So, yeah, we have a just a friendly fist bump. Possibly Starbucks. He doesn't drink coffee, so he said he'd have no problem buying me a Trenta. Um, but anyway, it looks like Coastal just came up with a big defensive stop. They're up by five. Forced the punt. Fourth and 14 here for Kansas. I'm going to need Coastal to, to lay it on thick. So well, I you, can... you thought UTEP's going to win, so you, you don't, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I still do. That game's coming up. Also, it's, it sounds like. Sounds like it's really a no-lose for you. I mean, he's going to buy you coffee, and you don't have to do anything. Well, and I should realistically force the issue if UTEP wins. It's, you know, on the money line, I should get like seven Trenta iced coffees, sure. not just one. I don't think you have to worry about that. I actually uh, try to be creative with the tees going to break. Okay. And I was like, oh, we'll answer that when we come back. And I totally forgot your question. <laughs> if uh, you I'm put Derek Carr Is on a playoff team. Is Derek Carr in elite status? First of all, no. Now I think, oh boy. If you drop block, block punt touchdown for Coastal Carolina. Get Case on the phone. Uh, <laughs> if if you drop him into, because that was one of the other things that came up. If you were to drop him into one of those teams, playoff situation, or a playoff team, you know, already already in place, and he just jumps in, can he perform with those offenses? We'll put it this way. I mean, I think it depends on the team, right? If, if you if you tell me right now, and I'll say I'll take a non-playoff team. You put Derek Carr on the Broncos. That's a playoff team. Okay, that's all I need. No, 
I, I mean, I think I think the you know the bottom line is Carr. You know, we've seen it in 2016. We saw it. And I don't know if he's you know if how, the injuries have taken some out of him. He's not the same player. We saw we saw him play at an MVP level. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been good the last couple of years. Very good the last couple of years. He's Absolutely. a top top half of the league quarterback. Um, but if you're not, you know, if you're not top six, top seven, then you you can't necessarily take a you know, a non-playoff team and make them a playoff team. Now, in the case of the Broncos, I think they are a playoff team with a good quarterback, and Derek Carr would fit that. So I think that would be fine. If Derek Carr's in the Chiefs, I don't make them the Super Bowl favorite, but I make them definitely a division favorite. Uh, I think it depends on the situation. Yes, but he is a – I think we've been pretty consistent on this show. He's like 8th to 14th in that range. I know some people say 10 to 15th, 10 to 16th. He's like eight to fourteen best in the league. That's really good. Yeah, very good. I would venture to say, based on his numbers, um, and like you just said, you put him on a playoff caliber team, and he can take that. T- I would venture to say, in the bottom half, lower to this half, but he's a top ten quarterback. All right, we well, we'll find out. Let's see. We have some playoff teams that we already know. We already gave our yep predictions in the nfc we'll get to the afc do the raiders make the cut are they making the playoffs this year all right here we go i thought i thought we were gonna do it when we come back it's fine we'll just do it now it's fine yeah here we go afc east (laughs) i'm gonna let you go first because i have a feeling you picked the same team everybody else did i took the you know i did not you're gonna be shocked okay well okay go ahead i have bought in i am with the rookie kid i took the new england patriots all right well this is gonna be boring because as did I. Oh, <laughs> well, okay then. Uh, we both have the Patriots to win the AFC East. That is, that is awesome. Why do you think the Patriots win the AFC East? Well, I think because Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. He took a chance a long time ago on someone named Tom Brady, and he knew what he was doing. And I think that they had their down year, gears, plural, and it's come time. And I think that he made a decision with what he did. And I, I just be- I believe that uh, – Belichick, you know, he's still Bill Belichick. Still knows what he's doing. And I think that Mac Jones is going to fit just fine. So do I. Uh, So we're in agreement on this division. I wonder if we're going to be in agreement on the rest of the divisions. We'll find out next. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Ezekiel Elliott out of the game. He he could have contributed on two occasions. One was a flat pass down in the red zone, but Dak threw the ball late. Uh, if he'd have thrown a little earlier, Zeke could have walked into the end zone, and that was the game plan this week. I'm pretty sure uh, for the rest of the season, they'll be getting a lot of use out of uh, Ezekiel Elliott. They should. Take care. Hope your team win. Wear your mask. Get your shots. I'm just saying. Now. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. 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 And I'm just saying, listen to OJ. OJ knows what he's talking about. He does. Wear your mask, get your shot. He slices right to the point. Well, come on, man. Well, why? <laughs> saying I was trying to point out that OJ, made, OJ was making good points. I wasn't referencing anything about the past. Neither was I. Just because he did something maybe... I just some say, other point I was just saying mean, he went from talking about the Cowboys to slicing right to the point. He gets right to he it. He did it again. We don't need we don't it doesn't not every time we talk about it was a bad night 
We don't need to continually Coastal's bring it up. up by 12. <laughs> and I mean the night he was... Well, I'm just saying he was at the casino. Coastal not... now they're carving right through Kansas. Come on! All right, let's this go. Is excessive. Uh, the FC North. We just picked against the Bills, both of us. Yes. So OJ's probably mad at us. That's probably not a good situation to be in. Uh, AFC North. Baltimore Ravens. I think that the uh, I think the Ravens are going. I think they you know the Browns are the obvious challenge in this division, but. I like the Baltimore Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson is capable of having an MVP season. Um, I think they have enough experience. They got the coaching, and I just like Baltimore. Uh, I have the Browns, and I've I, I love the Ravens. Uh, but I, I've talked about it time and time again. I believe the Browns have the best organization in all sports right now. I think they are on the rise, and they are going to be a force in the AFC. So I'll take them to win the AFC North this year. AFC South. Tennessee Titans. Not much to discuss here. We both are on the Titans. I actually think the Colts uh, could be a factor. Um, in fact, we may hear about them in a second. But, um, yeah, the Titans, clear-cut favorites. Cut. Uh, clear favorites in the AFC South. Uh, I I think that that's self-explanatory. Uh, AFC West, come on. No question. Uh, yeah, I don't think we need we're to on the same it. side here. The Kansas City Chiefs. Win the AFC West. First wild card for me. You have them winning the division. I also have them in the playoffs. We will all see them in just a couple of days here in Las Vegas. The Baltimore Ravens, to me, are the top wild card team in the AFC. And I have the Cleveland Browns. So we just flip flopped. Yes. Uh, them winning the division, win the wild card. Uh, makes a lot of sense there. Wild card two for me is the Buffalo Bills. Same with me. There you go. Wild card two is the Buffalo Bills. They'll slip in. So I do think they'll get into the playoffs, uh, but I do think it could be kind of a mess of a season. Wild card three for you? Uh, My third wild card is the Colts. I just mentioned them as potentially being a factor in the AFC South. I think uh, Carson Wentz has a bounce back year reunited with, with Frank Reich. My wild card three, the Las Vegas Raiders. Stop. Stop. I have them getting into the <laughs> into the postseason. I have completely bought into Gus Bradley's defense. I think that it will have an abrupt change, and we are going to see them finally finish the second half of a season the way that it starts a campaign after the last two seasons, and I think that the Las Vegas Raiders slip in as the third wild card. I don't think it's crazy. I, I mean, I, listen, I think they have a good offense. I think it takes a little bit of a step back from last year, both in offensive line play, which I, I don't think the offensive line changes is as big as most people think, but I think a little bit of a step back, a uh, little bit of a step back, I think, with the receivers kind of learning the ropes a little bit. Um, I do think they're going to be good. I think the defense is going to be significantly better. Uh, so I do think the, t- the product on the field is going to be much, much better than it was last year. But the schedule is daunting. Yeah. Uh, we know that according to over-under win totals, they have the second toughest schedule in the entire league. And I think that's where the issues come into play. I think they can win nine, even ten games potentially, but I just don't know if that's going to be enough. That's that's the key is, you know, with the with that added 17, uh, that added game to 17 is I think that they have to get to 10 wins to have a shot. So, um yeah, and I believe that they're going to get there. I, th- I think the Raiders are going to pull off some 
some wins, and I think that it's going to start Monday. I actually think that they can do it, uh, you know, based on what we talked about with the injuries on the Ravens side. Well, they do have a wounded Ravens team coming in, ton of injuries on that side while the Raiders are relatively healthy. That's a big advantage going into that game. Uh, Willie out on a limb with the Raiders in the playoffs. We'll find out. Maybe they're going even further than that. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company is back. Wrapping things up on this Friday, getting your NFL season predictions. Week one, we had a game last night, but the full week one coming up on Sunday, that's when you should come hang out at the Westgate with us, watch games all day. We'll be on the air in the morning. Not a whole lot of opportunities for me this year to watch games on Sundays, but with the Raiders playing Monday night, I will be down there. I cannot wait. You should be down there as well over at the Westgate starting at, I always forget, 8 a.m. That's when I have to be over there. My alarm is set right now for 445. I'm to looking forward to, to jumping watch, in a, a few times this year. To watch some soccer. That'll be great. We'll be yeah. down there. Uh, so <laughs> when you do watch games on Sunday at the Westgate, You'll be watching the teams that we think may be making deep runs. I don't know how to transition back into what we were talking about, but I'll just say that. Uh, we have our playoff field set. Mm. Now we have to narrow it down a little bit. Mm. So your surprise pick of the Raiders in the playoffs. We'll find out if they're going to make it any further. But let's go with first your AFC champion. Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, going just, back to, to the Super NFC, Bowl. So. Uh, oh, Chiefs man. is an easy pick. Yeah. It's mine too. I think that they have, uh, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier in the show about Tampa Bay. It's very easy to say, you know, they have everybody coming back. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. But I think Kansas City is the structure that has been the, the standard for a few years now. And they have a lot to prove. They, you know, they, they're, they're looking for to maybe not revenge on Tampa, but they're just looking for revenge in general to avenge the loss in the Super Bowl. So, and I think that everything's in place there. To make another run. Uh, what about uh, the Chiefs are mine also. Don't have to go any further than that. What about in the NFC? Who's your pick? My pick is continuing to buy into the big move from Motown to L.A. And I'm taking wow. the Rams wow. to run through the NFC and face the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Big. Yeah. Big pick. Major. Uh, second straight year home field. It's L.A., right? Yeah. Wow. Second straight year, a team will play the Super Bowl at home. Second straight year, an NFC team. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I guess whoever, whatever NFC team makes it or whatever NFC team hosts the Super Bowl every year will probably be the pick for a while if that happened. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be the year for Aaron Rodgers to get over the NFC Championship game where he has stumbled the last two seasons and make it to the Super Bowl. Mahomes, Rodgers, you talk about a fun Super Bowl for prop betting. That's it. Uh, I think that's how it goes. But do the Rams win at home or do the Chiefs get the victory in your Super Bowl? The Chiefs avenge last year's loss and come away as Super Bowl champions. Well, this is boring. That's mine, too. My pick also. <laughs> pick of the Kansas City Chiefs, the favorite we both did. That's uh, kind of a letdown. I want to know. I, I Yeah, well, that's... Do you... We also did, uh, it'll be up on the website, I think, <laughs> all of our picks that everybody made. We made some prop bets, uh, some season-long prop bets, other uh, choices. Did you do the, your uh, best over-unders? I did not. You didn't? I'll do mine. 
You can throw them out there. Uh, I have the Browns over 10 and a half. I can't believe I did this. I'm so mad at myself right now. Um, I mostly pick all season win totals under because really nothing can go right necessarily. Things can only go wrong with injuries and things like that. Uh, but I did pick all overs here. Browns over 10 and a half. Niners over 10. Titans over nine and a half. Patriots over nine. Those are all teams I picked to win their division that all have pretty low over-unders. So that's where I'll go. I have the Raiders over seven Of course, wins. obviously. Yeah. Um, Eagles under six and a half wins, I think, is... By the way, love the Falcons this week. Yes. Hosting the Eagles. Love it. And I also, uh, I, I love the Panthers against the Jets this week. Okay. A lot of people do. A lot um, of survivor picks on that game, actually. Now, here's one, and I actually broke the schedule down, and I ended up taking it over on, on a write-up I did for a sports betting website, but... Um, it's 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 gonna be right there, right with it. But I lean toward the Giants sneaking over the NFC East. You know they can steal some wins there. They can sneak out some victories. Um, Daniel Jones, I know he's been a, he's been a disappointment. This is probably a, a make or break year for him. But um, I think he's gonna be one of those quarterbacks where he has some flashes, and then you wonder, well, what the heck happened from this week to that week? And uh, but I wrote up the over for that team, so I'm going to stick with it. Got to stick with what you start. He's in a terrible spot. Uh, their first round pick, Kadarius Tony, who I love, has really struggled uh, in training camp, and their offensive line is a disaster. I think Ari could be playing right guard for them right now, and maybe do better than their the offensive line does. That'll do it for us, though. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Westgate on Sunday. Great job by Willie Ramirez, Frank Caliendo, Stanford Route. Everybody that was on all week, we appreciate it. Westgate Sunday, Monday at Twin Peaks. Be down there. Join us for the watch party on Easter.